Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Today on KWTX at 4, if you want to go fast, put the pedal to the metal. The Heart of Texas Speedway wraps up its 2023 racing season this week. And we'll hear from one developer's on project to restore downtown Waco. Plus, in this week's personal space series, learn how to breathe life into some plain drab walls. KWTX at 4 starts now. Thanks for joining us. I'm Justin Early with meteorologist Camille Hawksworth. And boy, you told us the rain was coming, and it did, <laughs> and then it came some more, and then it kept on coming. I mean, flooding and, and flooding in Dallas area, too. Uh, we saw some pretty bad uh, situations up there. You know, it's, it's kind of the saying here that too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Yeah. And all of it, the rain just kind of came down in one spot mm -hmm. over and over again. Dallas, Fort Worth got some flooding. You're taking a look at the video here from Fort Worth. Heavy rainfall that led to flooding also affected parts of Central Texas as well. There are of course, were traffic problems throughout the city. There were also several high water rescues mm -hmm. as well. Um, you know, we talk about when you see water on the roadways to never cross it because right. you don't know how deep exactly. it can go. And that's exactly. the issue sometimes is people think, oh, it's not that deep. And it actually is. And it can rise so quickly, it can. so, so fast. I had an experience once where I was, uh, I had, you know, gone through a perfectly normal stretch of road and then I saw the water in front of me and I turned around and when I started to go the other way, it was rising again. The really? other side, I just come through, and the, like two minutes before, rising again so quickly. So, so what did you do? I stayed where I was. Okay, yeah. It's it's hard yeah. when you have to be out on the roadways. Yeah. So you want to go like the safest way possible. Sure. But when you have just like hours and hours of rainfall, mm -hmm. if you can stay where you need to stay, like at home or at work or something, just stay just there. Stay. It's you kind of the stay. best thing. Best thing you can do to be safe. That's for sure. Well, let's go ahead and get to our daily four. Uh, with the Federal Reserve raising its interest rates so much this year, many Americans cannot afford their car payments. Now, subprime borrowers, you've heard this term before, those are borrowers with poor or limited credit. And as of September, 6.1% of those subprime borrowers were delinquent or 60 days past due on their payments. That is the highest number since 1994 when Fitch ratings actually first began keeping track of the payments. For people with variable auto rate loans, they can go up and down. Those interest rates have gone up along with the Federal Reserve's increases. And along with that, many Americans who saved money during the pandemic or got pandemic relief checks, they've run out of money. And of course, credit card and mortgage rates have gone up too. So you have this kind of perfect storm of all these expenses hitting at one time. Yeah, it's meant to curb inflation, but at this cost. At what cost? 
this cost. Everything so, is so much more expensive yeah, these days, I feel like. It really is. And so if you're trying to budget things, especially those variable interest rates, you know, that's a scary thing when it comes to times like this because they can just keep on going up and then you have a ton of money out of your pocket. Um, so what do you do in situations like that? Yeah, what do you do? You budget. Yes. You budget hard, obviously. You've got to do that. Stay on track. Stay on track. And experience says, with Experian, of course, the credit reporting agency, they say you can actually contact your lender, whoever your car lender is, your auto loan lender. Sometimes they'll do a deferral of a month or even two if it's if you have an especially high um, need to pay bills that month and you need a deferment. You can do that maybe once or twice. You could also shop around for better interest rates. Best of luck with that right now. But sometimes, sometimes maybe you could if your credit's been repaired and you are in a better position, it could help you. Sure. And of course, you can refinance your loan in that case. Or, and this is something no one wants to do, but you can try to sell and get a cheaper vehicle. I mean, maybe there's something you can pay for right out with whatever you have from the sale of the, of the vehicle. Yeah. A lot of car dealers will buy cars. They have websites out there that'll buy cars, and I've done it before, and it's pretty easy. So there are lots of options. Um, none of them are especially great options, but <laughs> they are options for getting out of that because you don't want to have your vehicle repossessed. It's it's bad news, and it is right. a likely conclusion. So Well, careful. and you know, I feel like there's a lot of small things we can do, too. Like, if you're not able to make those higher payments, you know, we look at, we have so much excess these days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, lots of subscriptions. I feel like yeah. I'm just getting nickel and dime with all the subscriptions. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Maybe until you can figure out some of that budgeting, cutting okay. back, cutting yeah. out that Starbucks drink helps. or some fast food once or twice a month. So that might help too. Yeah, it helps too. Good advice from Camille. Always knows how to budget. <laughs> now's the number two in our daily four. All right. So this is about making history. Do you know a woman who has inspired you to maybe think differently? The Smithsonian wants to hear about it. The team there is looking for exhibits for its Smithsonian American uh, Women's History Museum, and anyone can submit a woman's story to be included. That could be uh, somebody who's been really impactful in your life. The exhibit is set to open in March in digital form only, but a physical location is also being planned. That is going to take at least 10 years, though, uh, so that will take a, a lot of stories and a lot of work in the making. Uh, Justin, do you have any women that have specifically inspired your life that you may be going to submit their story? So, I mean, there have been so many. I've had so some many. really fantastic teachers and just my, my mother and my grandmother and my aunt, they were great examples of kind of making your own way, like making your own path. Um, and so I, I would, I have their stories, you know, written down through their pictures and everything. Yeah. It'd be great to do that. But there's a really great show on right now called Lessons in Chemistry. Yeah, we have talked you, we about talked it a about little this. bit. And it's a woman in the 50s who is a genius, the smartest person in this lab where she works as a lab tech, just setting up the beakers and everything. But she knows chemistry and she's, it's her work, her attempts to become a chemist and really change the world. And it's a great show. Um, it's for grownups, it's not for kids, it's for grownups. <laughs> but, but the message is there and you just see this brilliant woman and get to blossom and it's a really great thing but yeah there are so many great I can't, I can't even narrow it down I, I would say that the women in my life inspired me more than the men did and that's not, sure. no, not no not to the men in my life at all but there's just something about the 80s and the 90s where you just kind of see women achieving higher and I saw it in front of me and that led to a lot of, of, of me and my aspirations. What about you? That's beautiful. Well, I, I, of course, you know, I also want to say that the women in my life that have inspired me the most, my mother, my grandmother, uh, my mother-in-law, uh, but I've, I actually did something recently for Christmas um, where I gifted, it's called StoryWorth, um, and you give it to a loved one, and I specifically have given it to um, my grandparents' generation, okay. and they write down their stories, yes. um, of, and you give them the prompt, and they talk about something that in, you want to know more about in their life, and I 
I've learned so much about my grandparents that, and Richard, even Richard's grandparents as well, that I would have never known had we not had that opportunity to like ask the question, mm -hmm. they had the time to sit down and write it and get to read it and talk about it. And that's a great thing because a lot of kids may not even get to really know their grandparents, that is great, so true. great grandparents, and so at least you can say this is what that person was about. Here are some things that you would love about. And maybe they see commonalities in themselves that are genetic or, or passed down that they can uh, seize upon and, and learn from and keep on growing in their lives with. I, I love that. It's great. There's already things in my own kids that I can see mm -hmm. from their oh, really? grandparents. I'm like, that's not my trait right. at all. That's that is them. a grandparent trait. So that's you're great. absolutely right about that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, well, that's number three in our daily four. We talk about travel a lot. We love to travel. But don't you hate it when you're traveling, flying, and there are flight problems. And then on top of it all, the airline loses your bags. The worst. Have you had this happened. I have not personally, but my dad did. I have. And <laughs> with, with this airline too, a few years back, Southwest Airlines is now offering customers a way to track their bags through its app and website from takeoff to landing. The airline says people can view their status of a couple different stages of, of their checked bags on southwest.com and the mobile app. So you can track your bag in, again, number kind of the way you're expecting a package to arrive uh -huh. from Amazon. So you find out when the tags for the bag are printed. You find out after that when the bags are loaded onto the plane and then when they're unloaded from the aircraft. What I do not know because I haven't done this is which plane and where because if it gets onto the wrong plane that's sure. going to be so I believe it does tell you if we look a little closer there which plane we're talking about which flight it is and where and everything so you know where it is so if it ends up going to Florida and you're in Washington State you you know at least where it is and you are <laughs> you know stressing we saw those huge piles mountains of bags after the debacle around the holidays for Southwest yes and I bet this will this is probably a result of them rethinking it all how can we make this easier for people hopefully that never happens again but in general getting your bag back quicker. And also it's expensive, you know, if you have, for the airlines, they've got to send somebody to drive to your house and drop your bag off, that right. adds up. And vouchers so. too, my dad, he went to DC and mm -hmm. his bag ended up in Africa and what? he had all of his <laughs> suits and things in there serious? and he needed them for a work trip he yeah. was on. So American Airlines, that was the one that lost the bag yeah. that time, but had to issue a voucher so yeah. he could go get the items or replacement of the items that was lost, yeah, so that it has, can get pricey. That has good taste, so I know the suits, <laughs> the suits were nice. Um, and experts also recommend this, uh, whether you have this tracking on the, app, on the app or not, get your own tracking device and put it in your bag and you can track it on an app of your own. So there's tiles, I think there's like an Apple tracker. Tiles, tiles are great. Air tags, Air tags. have both of those. Yeah. I lose things all the time. Me too. My keys, <laughs> my wallet, my purse, all of those have some form of a tag or an Apple tag, or an Air tag. I had a couch that was notoriously known for <laughs> Keep people's keys. Oh yeah, and and I, that's when I started with the tiles. Okay, yeah, I, I like the little jingle they do sometimes they when do. you try to find they them. Play a little, little song for you, a little dance. <laughs> that's like number four in our daily four. All right, this one is all about um, more Barbie news. Barbie mm -hmm. is scoring goals with its new dolls. The parent company Mattel is going to sell three dolls inspired by characters from a hit TV show, Ted Lasso. It is, of course, um, one of the title characters here, uh, Ted Lasso, played by J. Jason Sudeikis, the head coach of the English Premier League soccer team, AFC Richmond, is donned in his blue signature tracksuit and aviators as well. And then there's Rebecca Welton, played by Hannah Waddingham. The owner of AFC Richmond wears a satin blouse, tailored slacks, and black stilettos. You can see that Barbie there. And finally, everyone's favorite public relations consultant, Keely Jones, played by Juno Temple. Her doll dons a pink dress, gold heels, and black 
info for CAPE. The, the Emmy winning Apple TV Plus show Ted Lasso concluded its third and final season in May. And I know, Justin, mm, you watched Ted Lasso, huge, right? Huge fan of that you show. You and Megan bonded over that oh, show, right? completely. <laughs> we bonded over many shows that we like, like much like you're, you and myself. But that was such a great show. And I have a, f a feeling, you know, you saw the two ladies there. Um, did Rebecca I get all Wilson. the names? You right? got the names here. Rebecca okay. Wilson was the uh, woman in like the suit and the stilettos, <laughs> and then you had Keely Jones. Those are the characters. I've got a feeling there's going to be a women's team, and they're going to be at the helm. I believe this is just me. <laughs> I believe, right? I, that's what they say on the show. I believe you got to believe. I think it could be a spinoff, maybe. I'd love okay. to see that because I think a lot of the fans of the show thought this wrapped up too quick. Three seasons isn't enough of this inspiring, wonderful show. So maybe they'll continue it. You know. With with this, I think that the the fear with any show that's successful is go out on a high note. Right. Right. And, and and there was some criticism on season three; they didn't love it, so they went in on the highest note they could. Sure. But it felt like a complete story, truly. So I, it, it was great. But yeah, I love I love to see a Roy Kent doll. He was the kind of the surly one who was always kind of like this and kind of angry. <laughs> uh, it would just be all eyebrows. And, you and making that hair. face and that motion makes me want to watch the show just based on that alone. Yes, <laughs> Roy Kent's I think one of my favorite characters on the entire show. He's he's fantastic. Know a little bit about Waco's history. You know that the downtown area was once bustling, the vibrant heart of the city, until a deadly tornado went through on May 11th, 1953. And scars of that day are still visible today. But one local developer hopes to help restore downtown Waco to its former glory. So joining us today, we have the executive director for the Anthem Group. It's Peter Ellis. Thanks for, repeating, for being here, Peter. We're glad you're here. Good, good you're joining us today. Uh, the Anthem Group, tell us a little bit about that and kind of what your mission is, the Anthem Group. Absolutely. Well, first, thank you, Justin, for yeah. having me. And uh, we love Waco. Anthem is in the heart of downtown Waco, mm -hmm. which is the heart of Texas. We love being right in the center of, of the action. There's a lot going on. Uh, truly, we've been there for a while, and uh, Anthem is uh, a group of companies. It's our, uh, it's our umbrella company for about half a dozen entities, all in that 1.1 square mile. So that's 76701 zip code. Uh, it's our home. That's our backyard. That's where we uh, do our work, and we've got a staff, about 40 amazing folks, mm -hmm. and that's Anthem Group, and uh, yeah, it, we're just getting started, really. So. And, and the started with your mission. What is that mission? Yes, yeah, so, uh, great question. So. Uh, our tagline is development by design, so we take it very seriously. Our intentionality, our thoughtfulness, and uh, truly even just prayerfulness about what we do, and that design foc uh, focus comes through, whether it's in brick and mortar or it's in our operations. We're looking for uh, you know, just optimal execution. Uh, or a big part of our mission uh, is just that cultural preservation, restoration, and so, um, you know, we work a lot with uh, historic properties, and, and that's what we'll talk a bit about. Yeah, and then you went to Baylor, and you've yes. been in a couple cities, but what, what brought you back to Waco? Sure, sure, sure. Great question. Uh, love where I came from. Uh, my family heritage is New Orleans, mm -hmm. and, uh, but Waco was always a second home. And so since I was a, a kid, you know, really with cousins and, and siblings growing up uh, at Baylor University, I went there, sick and bears, so uh, we love Waco, but uh, we, we did leave, my wife and I, uh, for a couple years, and it was, um, it was a wonderful time. We actually lived in some larger, more densely populated cities in Europe and Africa, and so we were in, wow. we were in Alsace, uh, yeah. France. We were also in uh, Northwest Africa and Rabat, Morocco, and uh, just really enjoying life and the way that you know, things shake down there is a little different than, you know, uh, where Waco was 20 years ago. But, yeah. we, you know, we see that progression happening sure. and, and love the urban health that is uh, at play in Waco. You have a lot of projects in the works. We do know that. But the one everybody's talking about is this grocery store. Uh, and what can you tell us about that? 
Great question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it is, no. A grocery uh, store in downtown Waco. grocery store, yeah. so uh, we're excited. Texas-based, we know that. Texas-based, I can't say the name yet, so, but we will we'll be sharing more in the, in the weeks and months to come, so, uh, but I will say very much a local uh, interest in that mm -hmm. uh, grocery uh, chain. They want to connect with farm to table, okay. and farm to home in that sense, and work directly with, uh, you know, folks in that way. So it's going to be exciting, and and that really has a huge impact. It's not just, you know, quality and, and trust in the product, but also has that economic impact. It's it's really a, it becomes exponentially different than just the same business from an out of town, mm -hmm. uh, out of you know, international companies. Those kind of draw the money out. In mm -hmm. this case, it it restores, keeps the money in. So it's a healthy. Uh, piece for the city. Adding a grocery store downtown, which a lot of folks have asked for for a long time, what do you think that's going to do? How is that going to change downtown and help it grow further? In what ways? Absolutely. No, I've seen it play out over the years. Uh, I got the opportunity to work for one of the nation's largest developers when mm -hmm. I was fresh out of college and, you know, groceries and, and, and uh, mixed with the, the neighborhoods and developments uh, are a key part of society and Waco hasn't had one in the downtown in 70 years and yeah. this was the... You said 70 or 70? 70. 70, 70 years. Zero. Wow. So since the tornado, 1953, mm -hmm. and, and here we are uh, restoring the, a real full service grocery yeah. into the downtown core and uh, into that zip code. And, and that's going to change the dynamic a lot. I mean, there really mm -hmm. isn't a grocery from that location for about two miles that is yeah. of this caliber. Maybe more walkable downtown for walkable, residential use and things like that. Uh, employment, of course, is great yeah, for sure. on that. Uh, you know, and, but just the uh, ready-to-go uh, meals and, and food yeah. and options, just uh, it's just uh, a key part, I mean, essential key yeah. piece of the... I know that's yeah. a big one, a big one, but what other projects can you mention or would you like to mention right now that you're working sure, on? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, we continue to develop stories. Yeah. That's our kind of uh, pride and joy downtown 800 Austin, and stories has a lot going on. Uh, we have apartments, we have event venues and live music space. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with that, that's a continual uh, just uh, phase growth uh, piece. And so um, I'd say we're spending a lot of time and just opening that up fully to the Stories, public. Stories, and that's the name of this project, right? It's, it's a building, right. we have all this going on. And is that close to Union Hall? Is that the one that's- It is, right, okay. yes. In fact, our, we're directly adjacent via our parking lot there, mm -hmm. and, uh, but the building is on Austin, correct? So in addition to, um, you know, obviously the, the housing there, so the loft apartments, there are event spaces. What kind of events have happened in there? Oh gosh, yeah, we've had thousands of folks from, of course, weddings and we've had receptions, yeah. but also uh, if it's, you know, 30, 40 people at a birthday yeah. party, you don't quite want to, you know, rearrange your house and come on, you know, we'll, we'll host you. We can do lots of events from any size, really from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 20, 40, 50, all the way up to 500. So we've, we've had, uh, anniversaries, we've had uh, corporate um, workshops, we've done a lot of that, and yeah. um, we've, we've hosted um, just, gosh, a lot of uh, ticketed events even, sure. that's, we've got one coming, but yes. And that's what I was gonna ask you about okay. next, the QR code on your screen will take you to the information we're, we're about to talk about right now, which is this Taste and See event for stories, where people can actually come in and take a look at it, kind of get a feel for what's happening there. Tell us more about that event, and again, sure. people can yeah. scan the QR code to get information about how to go. Excellent. So. Yes, Taste and See we, this is our second iteration of this event, and the first was a great success. We've done other uh, kind of jazz and live music nights as well, and a lot of folks will come to all of our different events, but we do all the uh, culinary uh, side in-house. We've got our own uh, you know, head chef and, and amazing kitchen and staff and venue managers 
and we're gonna show you a good time, but just, you'll have the opportunity to taste a, just a, almost a dozen items for about 20 bucks. Okay. It's just a great, great night. Yeah, the food does look really good. Like something, you know, it's unique and special in, in the way that you can present that. So we're excited to see that. Um, as someone who wants to see Waco thrive, where do you see Waco in the next five to 10 years? Sure, uh, we have focused a lot on just those essential building blocks. And so residential, we have uh, other loft apartments like at the Praetorian downtown. And, and so we see more of that in, in the future for us as well. We'll continue to develop places for people to live and work and eat. And yeah. so those things matter to us. And, and uh, just, I'd say as Waco continues to surround uh, those factors and really just build that kind of threefold mm -hmm. uh, dynamic in the city where there's, where there's room for everything, then mm -hmm. um, it's gonna just, um, oh gosh, just you know, bring, bring Waco into the, really the top five of Texas. I mean, that's where it's heading. There's no reason Waco isn't number five city in the state. It brings and, you joy to do this. You, you, you uh, do you direction. enjoy this? You enjoy doing this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. So it's, it's a, you know, I'd say just, you know, my wife and I are very faith forward people, yeah. but it's, it's in us, you know, it's, it's what we're made to do. So yeah. we love, I love it. it. I can see it on your face. Yeah. This one, yeah. Thank, I, you. thank you so much for what you're doing for the community. Again, that uh, Taste and See event at Anthem Stories is Thursday, November the 9th. Tickets available by scanning the QR code right there on your screen, and it'll take you to the Eventbrite page. You can check it out. And, uh, you know, about 20 bucks you said or so, and you get to try all those different things Absolutely. to eat and see everything. Thanks a lot, Peter. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. If you're looking for some fast family fun, the heart of Texas, Speedway has you covered with its 2023 racing season closeout. This three day event kicks off with this evening with a, a practice night and then here to share all the details with Selby Holder with the Heart of Texas Speedway. So thanks for coming back. We had talked to you at the beginning of the season back in March and you come full circle and here you are now at the end um, with races happening every Friday except in September. Uh, and so what can you tell us about this season um, and what you've experienced? It was, it was a really good season all, all in all. Uh, the summer months with, with the heat that we experienced was was a little harsh on us. You know, fan count kind of dropped a little bit just because of that. But as far as the racers and the racing action on the track each and every Friday night was great racing action for yeah. everybody involved. Who is racing in this year's events? So this year's event, the Fall Classic wraps up and we run all of our weekly divisions. So we'll run stock cars, sport mods, outlaw street stocks and factory stocks on Friday night. And then Saturday we bring in uh, the Junior Limiteds, which are our, what we call our stars of tomorrow. They're 12 to 16 year old young men and women. They'll race uh, on Saturday. Uh, and we do that because they have a lot of UI uh, responsibilities on Friday nights. And then we're bringing in the Outlaw Modifieds on Saturday. Uh, both of those will be full shows in the end and on Saturday. Uh, those that qualified in or didn't qualify in will run some last chance qualifiers on Saturday and uh, we'll crown the champions in each one of those divisions. I love that if you can't get drive on the street, you could drive on the track at least and learn a little bit before you get out there on the actual street and probably some good defensive driving techniques. I imagine Absolutely. you learn you learn when you're on the track. Absolutely. Um, how much is the prize for those competing in the weekly division? The weekly divisions uh, are paying 2500 to win in each one of those. Uh, the, the junior limiteds, they pay 750 to win for their division. The Outlaw Modifieds have a sliding scale. Uh, the more cars they bring, uh, the more they their their pay is. So it could be as low as a thousand to win, and as much as two thousand to win, depending on how many cars in that division show up. Uh, but uh, versus uh, five to six hundred dollars that they would get on a weekly show, it's kind of four times what they normally would, and it's kind of their our way of giving back to the racers, having one big event, letting them showcase their talents and their and the crews work that they've done all year, and uh, rewarding them with a pretty good payout. 
it's such a culture with its <clears> own <throat> language, its own terms. You went through all those different types of, of cars and races. Yep. Um, how long does it take to pick up on all that if you start to get interested in coming to some of these races? Honestly, probably three or four nights. Maybe yeah. it would take you. You couldn't do it in one night. Mm -hmm. uh, you could you could sense the different divisions. Some divisions look a little bit uh, the same based on what the cars are, but it, they have different motors or, or different tires or, or different rules for each division. But uh, it would take you three or four weeks, I would think, to, as an avid fan yeah. coming back to, to really lock in on which one of those divisions or what. And maybe which ones you like the most, too. Absolutely. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't been out there, um, where is it and what do you need to know to get out there and have a good time? It's seven miles north of, of Waco on, on I-35, right off I-35 in Elmont. Uh, just yourself is what you what you need to bring. We we've done tremendous upgrades. The owner owners and, and crew have done tremendous upgrades to the track. We have full aluminum bleachers, just like you'd have in any nice high school stadium. Uh, as far as what you bring, uh, would be what you'd bring on a Friday night if you went and watched a football game. If it's cool, bring a blanket. If it's uh, the only thing I would say is if you got young children, uh, we sell uh, earmuffs in our souvenir stand. If not, bring it because these cars are loud. You know they're they're loud and there's a lot of horsepower there. But uh, it's a great entertainment from for kids all the way up to seniors and and anything in between. I think we might have asked this question when you came when the season first began. But if you can describe for folks what the experience is like for people, because you mentioned being in the stands, even if you're a kid with the earmuffs on, you can still feel it. There it is. Right? They it, it is ground pounding. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of our divisions, the Outlaw Street Stock Division or Outlaw Modified Divisions, uh, raw horsepower, you know, it's it's kind of run what you brung, how big a motor can you put in this race car, and the thunder of those running down the street or down the track is just tremendous, and when we run sprint cars, the same way. Uh, you can, uh, the, the one of our commentators, our, our announcers always says, you only need the edge of the seat, because that's what you're going to be on, because uh, it's, it's pretty uh, impactful to watch them just go and go, and uh, you know, we, we have fans that will try to pick who's going to win and not going to win. Uh, you know, if you've been there enough, you, you kind of know the three or four that are usually going to win type of thing, but uh, uh, it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Now, so tonight is the practice followed by the pit party. Yep. What happens tomorrow and then on Saturday? So tonight's practice and there's a pit party for, for the racers and crews that are in the just kind of thanking them for coming out and thanking them for a good year. Tomorrow is qualifying heat races or heat races and qualifiers in each of those four divisions. Then on Saturday, we'll have the last chance qualifiers for those four divisions and their A mains. And we'll have a full race program for the junior limiteds and the outlaw modifieds. What are the costs to attend? So tonight, if you want to come watch practice, general missions free, pit passes are $20 if you want to come in and look at the cars. Uh, on Friday and Saturday, pit passes are 35 if you want to come into the pits. But if you want to go to the grandstands, adults are 20, uh, seniors and military is 15, uh, 6 to 12 is $10, children at 5 and under are free. Anything that you should not bring when you go? Anything that is a no-no as far as when you come in? No, not really. Okay, so really, just I mean, it's it's. I would say if, if you if you weren't going to bring it to a high school football game, don't bring it okay. to our racetrack. That's a great way. Pretty to straight. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, and definitely if you want some rain gear, if we're going to have some weather things yep. like that. But it should still go on and be more fun, right? With the absolutely, little absolutely. On the track. You know, uh, they were kind of paranoid we were going to cancel today because of the rain that we got coming through. But kind of a great owner and track crew that have been working on the on the track and in, in the pits. Uh, uh, chilling it up and drying it out today. So I, I gave him a call on the way over going, hey, thumbs up, thumbs down. And he said, no, thumbs up. We're going to race tonight and we're going to practice tonight. So uh, if, if we get a little rain, like they said, it blows through tomorrow. Uh, 
you know, we need a few hours to, to prep things and we'll go back to racing. Anywhere they can keep track of everything. We have this QR code on the screen that should take people to the place yep. they need to go mm -hmm. to mod. So if you just do a layer or whatever, that people will find out there. Yeah, we'll find, we'll, we'll notify on our social media page as well as our website if we have any delays or changes in our program or if we have to push for whatever reason. Okay, well, we appreciate you coming. It's always fun to talk to you about this because you Absolutely. get so excited about it. And again, the Heart of Texas Speedway will close out its 2023 racing season with that annual fall classic starting tonight through Saturday. You can learn more about the event by uh, looking at that QR code on your screen we had there up there a moment ago. You can go to our website and watch this segment again there and get that QR code there as well. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, still to come on KWTX at 4, interior designer Christy Proctor-Hurst inspires us to bring some color and texture to our walls in today's personal space series. That's next. Back. If the only thing scaring you this Halloween is how plain your walls are in your home, maybe we can help. In this week's personal space, interior designer Christy Proctor Hurst shows us a bathroom design that might revolutionize the way you think about livening up your walls. All right, for this edition of Personal Space, we're talking about your walls. Walls don't just have to be white, although it's perfectly fine, but you can do a lot more with them if you want to make a space extra fun. So we're here with Christy Proctor-Hurst talking about one bathroom she did in a beautiful home, and you got really creative with this one, so let's go inside. So, uh, Christy, I've never seen walls like this before, I do not think. It gives me kind of the feeling of maybe working with like a fresco situation, but it's more than that because there's so much texture and depth. Tell us about what you've done to the walls here. So this room was one of those projects that just kept morphing. Mm -hmm. And we had done some really bold stuff for her somewhere else. And so she wanted the bold again, but I kept trying to pull her back on it. It's more subtle, more subtle, but texture, texture, texture. And on the third try, it finally came up with, why don't we do a joint compound stencil? And I'm obsessed with this bathroom. This yes. is one of my favorites. So I have a precious artist in Waco named Mandy Yarbrough. And so basically what this is, is big stencils like you use in painting. And, and then we take them and put them on the wall where you want them. And then you, you just literally mash joint compound in it. Obviously you don't want to push too hard because here, we could do a how-to class. Okay, I'll, maybe I'll do a, a little segment on that. Great. <laughs> but get the flowers and everything exactly where you want it. And then you come back in and you can either add color or you can add a glaze to make them pull out. I wanted some bold and some subtle. So that's what we did. We did some light, some dark. I love it. And so for people who are thinking about doing this and if they take your tutorial and learn how to do it themselves, I imagine this takes skill, but the cost is not probably that much more. It's really not. Probably the biggest cost is the, if you're, if you're not paying someone, if you're doing it yourself, the biggest cost is the actual stencils themselves. Mm -hmm which are reusable, and then buckets of joint compound, which yeah. that's not too terribly bad. Yeah. It would be a shame to leave this bathroom without talking about the other beautiful things you've done in here, including this vanity and these light fixtures. Tell us about these. Well, again, she likes unusual things, which I love. And I had found this French chest, and I, I believe it's a silverware chest, like where they used to keep the forks mm -hmm. and knives. Yeah. Um, and much to the contractor's chagrin, we asked him to convert it to a vanity cabinet, and I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I think it's beautiful. Um, I think it, it sort of gives you that traditional feel with all the transitional kind of pieces in here, like the light fixtures. I love these. We actually had to put each one of these on by hand. <laughs> it took hours to put this fixture together. But I also wanted to show you, people can mix metals. Okay. And 
I don't know if you can see it in camera, but the, the mirror has sort of a silver with a little gold black on it. And then we have this gold. There's no such thing in the market today as golds from different manufacturers that actually match. It's the craziest thing. So it took me a long time, but we had to just let go of the fact that not all the golds were gonna match. So we probably have three or four different golds. So I wanted to pop a little bit of silver in here too. And that, that kind of opens it up for her to do whatever she wants to do. So when you say the transitional kind of experience that we're talking about here, can you explain that for us? So it's kind of a design term. So it's not modern, it's not um, traditional, it's transitional. So when you see something that you can't quite put in a modern or, or a contemporary box, but you can't put it in a totally traditional box, you call it transitional. Okay, just some more ways to make your bathroom even more creative. And don't be afraid to try new things with your walls. That's right. It's only paint. See you next time. It felt like that bathroom was just in a palace somewhere. It was really beautiful, and just learning those techniques is really great. So we appreciate you watching Personal Space. Hope you're enjoying it. Up next on KWTX at 4, the leading developer in Waco aims to restore and revitalize the downtown area. We're here with the executive director of the Anthem Group about some ongoing projects. We'll talk about that up after this. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.